what it ended up becoming is that I'm not going to let the systems of this world, like the paradigms and the shit that we get wrapped up in, I can't let that take away from my overall being. I have to not allow what other people want me to be or want me to do to actually drive my actions. Fruition. The point at which a plan or project is realized. Obtainment of anything desired. Realization. Accomplishment. My name is Rue McCoy. Everybody calls me McCoy for short. I'm 30 years old from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm a podcaster and an all-around writer and creative. Being creative means really, and honestly, truly just formulating a thought of expression in some manner to give to other people. So whether that be through painting, through writing, through dance, through film, any of those different mediums, taking something and developing it to convey a message to someone else, that is what creating is. This chapter of my life would be called, or is called, Hmm. Let me think about that for a second. Actualization. I feel like everything I'm doing now is to make something actually develop, is to like make something be real. I spent a lot of my time in my 20s learning that I had a craft and learning that I could talk and learning that I could write and learning that I can communicate well. But now I'm at a point where everything I do is actually putting those gifts, talents, and actions into motion in some sense. I think the hardest lesson I've learned so far, and I think I learned this actually earlier on, which is why I've been so independent for most of my adult life, is no one is going to actually take care of you but you. You might have people who are supportive, you might have people who are loyal and have your back, but no one is going to, you know, nurture you the way you should be nurturing yourself. And in that, by that same token, it's not their job. You should hold yourself accountable and understand that and move in a manner where you are doing enough to take care of yourself and putting yourself first. I'm going to just keep it a buck with you. So growing up, I was born in Milwaukee. When I was about four, we moved to Madison, Wisconsin. And so my childhood was in Madison, Wisconsin. I grew up, you know, like a lot of African-Americans in this country, you know, in it, you know, below the poverty line. Mom and dad, you know, struggling that they were kind of off and on. So, you know, sometimes Pops was there, sometimes Pops wasn't. But we moved around a lot as a result. I never stayed in a place more than like a year and a half until I became an adult and got my own places. Um, So bounced around a lot when I was about 10. We moved back to Milwaukee, actually 10 going on 11. First half of my sixth grade year, I spent that in Madison. And the second half, we moved over Christmas break, came back here, spent the second half. In Milwaukee Public Schools, I went to Benjamin Carson Academy of Science right down on, uh, like, uh, right off Final Act and Capital. Growing up in Madison was like, so Ally Drive, right? Anybody who knows about Madison knows Ally Drive is like, you know, that was the spot, that was the hood, really. And then, but it was separated from, I believe it's Verona and the Verona School District and all of that stuff. We shared the park, the neighborhood park with the kids from the suburbs, that's what separated, you know, Allied Drive from the other side was pretty much like a park. And we would all come there and, you know, play and all that other stuff. And so, and we all went to school that they school district. So really it was like growing up in Madison, you kind of 
got the experience of both and even the, the ghetto, you know, quote unquote ghetto urban, you know what I'm saying? Like even that was a little bit lesser than when I got here, it felt like a culture shock. So I had to learn a lot of shit, you know, that people would say is quote unquote black, you know what I'm saying? Which I never liked the idea of calling it that, but that was what I had to kind of develop and, you know, learning common things like ribbon and just those types of things, you know, going from like a, a school in the suburbs to uh, inner city school was um, really, really did for like a culture shock, but it, it, it worked for me because right there is when I be, became a person who could do both. And I would go on as an adult to um, bring people together, not just white, black, but, you know, Asian or, you know, Latino, um, just throwing parties at my cribs and shit and bringing people together who end up liking each other, becoming friends. So I came back, went to middle school and public school, and then went to Marquette High. I have a total of five siblings, two of which I didn't grow up with. My older sister, Tamika, and my older brother, Omar, are kids that my dad had from previous relationships. Well, my mom, he had me, my sister, Diageo, and my brother, Dalvin. And we are all two years apart. So I was born in 89, she was born in 91, he was born in 93. We were really all we had because our parents were... You know, my dad battled different addictions here and there, and my mom was always working as a result just to make us stay afloat. Also, which we didn't know, she was battling addiction. So us kind of being around each other, we was always kind of like real close-knit. I always feel like there's this element because my mom passed in 2012, and I, we, I took that really hard, but I felt like we always had each other's backs. Like, we were always, like, road dogs um, and had, like, these different elements of how we interacted but we were we knew we were all we had the summer of 98 both my parents ended up going to jail and we were living in madison they went to jail we were, we were actually my dad was already in jail and we were moving about to move back to milwaukee with my grandmother and my mom's probation officer wanted to see her and when she called her in there she ended up keeping my mom so my mom and us spent the summer um in jail and so my grandma took us and we went to Milwaukee for three months. But again, growing up with my brothers and sisters, like we, when those moments happened, it's like we really stepped up because we knew we were all we had. You know, we were always kind of thrown in different situations, never separated, but thrown in different situations. And we just kind of knew it was just always us. So when I was 15, um, 04, my mom, by this time, her and my dad are separated. We are all living in Milwaukee when her and my dad are separated, but she has another son um, from another guy, the only guy I probably would ever consider my stepfather if I had to ever say that. Um, my brother, younger brother, Keon. Um, and it was just so interesting because we were poor. And um, I don't know how, but somehow she did what she had to do, but I became a babysitter. But again, we ended up helping to raise him and because we had already had this mentality, it was always us together. My brother and sister, brothers and sisters, rather, are my biggest support system. They're my biggest, like, foundation because it was always us against everybody, it felt like. You fight like siblings fight, but it was probably uh, a blessing. From an early age, I was writing. When I was in Madison, I was writing. I was writing and I was, like, freestyling. I have a song called Everything Happens for a Reason with my group Kingpins, which is me and um, C. Noah. And in it, I say, I remember being 
eight freestyle into my tape deck dreaming. So my home life was always influenced with music. Like um, I probably learned really how to rap and talk and shit from listening to Tupac because my dad kept all of his albums on or repeating. So, you know, at 30, I probably know more pop lyrics than anything. But so my home life, my dad one time was a DJ. He also, um, you know, him and his brothers had like a little band and they open for uh, people and he kind of, you know, bounced around a little bit, you know, United States kind of doing stuff here and there, never nothing major, but he was always a music guy. And so I, you know, I got 80s pop and, and 70s smooth rock from him having to take it because I would just, he would just constantly play me music. So that's kind of where that started for me. And then, you know, using his equipment to listen to myself freestyle and wanting to tell stories, being in first and second grade and writing, you know, creatively, um, for assignments. So by the time I got to middle school and got in Milwaukee, learning the rib and interacting like freestyle and like, we would like battle rap and stuff. So all of these experiences at home of like how music was the focus and I always had the urge to write. That's, um, essential for who I ended up becoming. By the time I graduated high school, became an adult, I had already like known, like I want to either record music or write music or produce music or make music for other people. I want to be a creative and I want to use my talent, my love for music and my talent comes from me, you know, being stuck around my dad, you know, love for music and the, the writing part. I don't, I don't know where that came from, but it's just that need to express myself because of the constant bouncing around, moving around the constant changing people, people telling me, you know, I was too, you know, the different experiences you have going from, you know, interacting with, People in them telling you either too white for the black people, too black for the white people. And I just stopped giving a fucking because I get, you know, my energy levels be high and I get around white people. And I feel like, and I, and I don't mean to say this to be racist or anything, but I feel like they'd be like, wow, his energy is good. But he's like, I feel like I was a little too ghetto for them. And then I get around black people and like I can still vibe and stuff. And, but I still feel like, you know, it was, you know, thinking I was acting like, you know, quote unquote, unquote white boy. So, about 18, 19, I just kind of like stopped caring, like really took and merged those two parts of me to just do what I want to do. To me, podcasts are just internet radio on demand, internet talk radio. That's what I used to wrap my head around it. And that's what I use to explain to people who might not understand what a podcast is. Now, podcasting was never something that I wanted to do in the beginning. I caught the wave or the bug 2015 and then really in 2016 um uh tax stone um tax season podcast man that um i remember listening to this podcast through via uh youtube and he had an interview with Wee kirkland um who was like a drug dealer slash you know uh legendary bass like street basketball player from new york just chopping it up, you know, and giving them game and shit like that. And I just remember like listening to that and then learning that like Joe Button had a podcast. I was really at that time really still heavily into like making music. And I'm just like, man, this is such a good medium for hip hop. And it'll be great when it starts to develop even more for things related to the culture. So fast forward after talking to, to a couple of friends of mine about doing it, fast forward about a year. After I started listening to him, I started dating a wonderful woman who was also a part of a podcast. <laughs> and it was like, okay, you know, I liked supporting YBO because I was like, man, she's actually doing something that I've 
all I want to do. First of all, I'm just supportive like that of my people, but also it was like, damn, she's doing something that I always wanted to do and they are really good at what they do. And so I was always really supportive of that. And the more I watched it and the more me and my guys started having conversations um, about it, the more I was like, man, that would be dope to do. So we get to 2018 and we, I don't remember, I don't know if you know, people remember this, but the top of 2018 was like this really big uh, internet joke going on about like the emergence of sex dolls and all this other shit. And so me and my best friend, C-Nova, um, and then another two of my friends, and which this goes back to me talking about how I've always been someone who brings people together. One of my friends, uh, Russell, um, you know, we had knew, known each other through, you know, being video game nerds and me working at GameStop and then him working at GameStop. Um, and then my friend Cody, um, who... I met when I was working at um, Scion Dental. Um, so we were, you know, reaching out to dental offices and, and, and uh, reviewing dental clinics, things of that nature. Those three people didn't know each other at all. Uh, we got on Facebook. I made a post t- joking about us starting a sex doll company. And then TS or Cnova uh, pulled us into a group chat on Messenger where we would just keep joking. We were just, just talking, just joking and talking stupid shit. We would say shit and like things would happen, current events, you know, would, you know, happen or be on the news. And we were like, yo, did you guys hear about this? And we would just discuss it via this mess, via Facebook messenger until one day Cody was like, man, we should start recording this. And then we kind of joked about having a podcast. And then one day TS made a date. He was like, it was, I never forget the first time we recorded was, it was in the fall of 2018 after talking about it for about seven months. That's how NPC came to be because we were all super, I guess like, and I don't say this to be like cocky or anything, but my friend group and the people around me, I tend to like them to be smart. Like I just like smart people. I don't like, I don't deal well with stupidity. I'm goofy and I'm jokey. And that's just a part of my character. Like I'm, that's just a part of my energy because it's the energy I bring. It's the vibe I bring, but I don't like stupid like like excuse me, i don't like stupid people i don't like people not using logic like that really bothers me and those three people in particular we can we have this kind of like satirical like really humor that is based in like intellect and like us like being able to kind of like chop it up about that stuff so that's where npc came along because we wouldn't feed into like emotional like being nice about you know gay rights conversations or uh, race or you know whatever it was like everything we were talking about like we kept it a buck and, and it was basically like this might not be politically correct and that's where we kind of emerged and it's been great and the funny thing is motherfuckers don't know this but like originally we were going to call it because cody's white and the three of us are all uh, black males we were going to call it niggas and company and i still to this day really wish it would have been called that because i feel like that would have been you know a great marketing tool like a great way to draw people in like niggas and company like that's how that's how i got started that's how we ended up as a not politically correct podcast smiles and, and what i mean by smile is um that was first of all one of the things that attracted me to her but like just joy just the vision of joy when you say her name are we both stubborn yeah we both hard yeah but it's something about us um, interacting that brings smiles. And then I think about her smile and it makes me smile. So smiles, that's that's what it is. It's joy. We realized early on that we 
we're good. There was something about our dynamic that was good for each other. Funny thing. Okay. Funny thing is this. It took me and her years to get to where we are. The growth, the self-reflection on both of our ends, what we had to do to really realize, okay, listen, nigga, you got to stop doing that or you got to stop doing this. Like, I, I think that when it comes to the word smile and the reason that I think of her is because I feel like we're in a stage where now we're getting to honeymoon stage. Most, a lot of couples work the other way around. A lot of couples have this thing where, you know, you meet somebody and y'all vibing so well and it's like, ooh, everything is like real super duper like cutesy and shit early on. You dig what I'm saying? And so you go through what's called the honeymoon stage, you know? And then after being together for a little bit, you look up and you're like, ew, I hate you. You know what I'm saying? Like, motherfuckers don't really be in love with this they're in love with, right? So our relationship, and I think this is why it's so great and why I'm more happy now than I've ever been, is we didn't go through the honeymoon. Like, we worked on Archie because we could tell, like, we had never been challenged, you know what I'm saying? Like, by our relationship or a significant other in the manner that was meant to make development or growth in the other person. Like, we knew there was something there and we wanted to work on it to make us solid. And so early on, it was like a lot of clashing, a lot of me just kind of like, okay. And like, like us clashing, you know, you know, again, we're both, um, I've been called alpha male, which I don't, I'd like because I don't think I'm alpha male. In fact, I hate alpha males. So people tell me that you are alpha because you're a leader and you don't like stupidity. Like, like the, my qualities, I'm thinking uh, alpha males, rah, 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 you know, just real angry, real in your face. And I'm not like that. I'm actually a really happy person, nice guy. And people like, that doesn't mean that you're not alpha male because you still can lead. People look to you to lead and things of that nature and look to you to kind of like, you know, be. A leader you know my girlfriend has some of those same type of like qualities where it's like she means what she says and you know we can we can both kind of like get be temperamental but i think we've because we met each other and we were like nobody's gonna accept being walked over we both had to be like damn well i really like this person and later on damn i really love this person so i'm gonna have to do some self-growth so that way i understand how to communicate with her or him and all of those moments that we've worked on, done, um, got us to a point now where it's like, man, I'm glad we didn't go through the honeymoon stage now because I'm enjoying you in a way that I didn't, you know, enjoy in the in, be, in the beginning. But now I have that later on, and we got history. So like, it, it is our shit was work and development, which makes for I feel like what's going to eventually be great lifelong partnership. You know what I mean? So. The word smiles is, that's what comes to mind because I'm thinking of her smile and what it took for us to get to that point makes me smile, you know? So just joy and happiness. The best piece of advice I've been given might've come from my grandmother, rest her soul, my baby. My grandmother told me, and this is, she was always talking in regards to, you know, work. She said, if you don't have your health, you don't have nothing because I'd be trying to like, you know, I'd be worried about like not going to work when I'm sick and all of that. And I'm diabetic. And she told me that she said, grandson, if you don't have your health, you don't have nothing. Basically, if you don't keep yourself healthy, you know, you're going to losing your life earlier, you know, hacking years off your life. But years that she said it to me early on, I was like 18, 19. Okay. And what happened is 
years later, I would I would go and I would tell Jobs like, yeah, I'm not coming here because I'm sick and I don't have my health, I don't have anything. What I realized is it meant more for me because in my 20s, I just realized how much the world is not for you. Everybody wants you to play in the box, right? They want you to be a part of the system that they set in place. And I'm not living to work, I'm working just so I'm able to live. So, so that statement of you don't have your health, you don't have anything, you know, was more more about her telling me to be healthy and focus on being healthy. But what it ended up becoming is that I'm not going to let the systems of this world, like the paradigms and the shit that we get wrapped up in, I can't let that take away from my overall being. I have to not allow what other people want me to be or want me to do to actually drive my actions. You know what I'm saying? And that that is why that piece of advice, because it grew from that. It grew from me repeating that to myself. It grew from that. What that statement for me did, and I wish, going back, you know, get emotional because I wish I could tell my grandma, thank you for this. What that statement for me did was it helped me realize something way different than just health. It helped me realize that you know, my mental health and, and who I am as a person um, can't be contrived, can't be created, can't be, you know, developed by focusing in on what other people want of me. It has to be what I want. My favorite thing about Milwaukee is it's really a big city. It's, you know, like top 30 cities in the nation. At one point, it was top 25 with a super small town feel. I don't think it gets enough credit for being, you know, one of the cities that have been instrumental in American culture, you know, from like, think about things like Harley Davidson and beer and things of that nature. Like, a lot comes from, you know, Milwaukee that are like staples in American culture. Um, and so I think that's my favorite thing about the city is that we, the people here, we all feel like everybody know everybody. You know, you always feel like you meet somebody like, damn, you know, shorty or like, you know, folks, like you always feel like that. But at the same time, it's really got some big city vibes in the sense of like, if you go, you know, to the East side or, or if you go like our downtown, especially, especially going forward with like Pfizer, you know, we have some big city moments. Um, but our connection as a city, you know, is still very uh, close-knit. I feel like it's still very small-town-esque. So that's all I like about it. Favorite song? That is a hard question. It's impossible. Um, I would, well, I'll say this. I'll say this. My current favorite song is out now, or that I've been addicted to mostly, is No Idea by Don Tolliver. That is not of all time. That is not. There are so many, so many songs. I mean, songs going to date back to the 60s. Um, I was just listening to Bootsy Collins like the last two weeks. Um, Can't Stay Away. Like, um, And music is such a big, you know, it's tatted on me. It's such a big part of who I am and how I develop that it's hard for me to just choose one. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I got, I can give you Michael Jackson thing. Things that are attached to, what usually makes a song good to me is something, it, it being attached to a memory. So, there are so many good memories of my childhood and so many memories I've made over the last few years. I can't give you one favorite song, but my favorite song right now, as of um, March 28th, 2020, is um, No Idea by Don Tolliver. So, 
that's my favorite song because first of all, it's it's really sonically just pleasing. Like Don Tolliver, first of all, if y'all don't listen to Don Tolliver, please go uh listen to his uh, album Heaven or Hell. Um, out now, uh, Cactus Jack and Atlantic Records. He signed to Travis Scott, but that song, um, Don Tolliver has his way of singing. This kind of like he gives me like almost like T Pain vibes. Um, it's very like this very rough, but like um, very rough, but like pleasing to the ear type of like um, rap when he sings and. No idea. Um, just I don't know. I don't know. It's something. It's something about that song and how it's like simple. It's like it's very simple and it's not a very long song either. Um, it's kind of repetitious, but like the way his voice sits on that on those instruments and that beat is so well crafted. Like he knew what words to stretch, um, when to like kind of sing with a bop or when to sing with a bounce or like follow the kicks or. Um, when to just kind of be melodic with it, and I think that's a talent in him. So that right now is my favorite. That, that was my. You know, it came out like May of last year, twenty nineteen, and I played it out, out. I'm talking like that was like the number one played song uh, for me last year, damn near. So I think he's just he's a he's a master at, and he might get some of this from Travis Scott, but he's a master too at how they use their voices, instruments to sonically blend well with the beat. So. Um, just really, really well crafted to me. I want to be remembered as somebody who did two things. One, always showed others like respect. More, I always was one to give the best of himself to other people from like a, a good human being moral standpoint. Like I just want people to be happy. So I like I want people to remember me as a person that helped to bring them happiness when I'm around. I like to be smiles. I like to make sure people stay up. And I've been told that, like, yo, your energy is so good. You know, I've been told by my pod that how I bounce around and stuff helps them sometimes be happier and get through their day and things of that nature. And I just always want to be, like, a motherfucker that showed love. And I want people to know that. Like, like if I fuck with you, like, I really fuck with you. I really want you to be happy. You know, like, like from my friends to my woman, like, I just want to put some joy in their, you know, day-to-day life. So I want to be remembered as a person that did that. And I also want to be remembered as a person that try to not only be good morally, but do things that were for the betterment of us as a people. And by as a people, I don't mean just blacks or whatever. I mean as human beings. I don't want to be a person that is on this earth doing things that's going to make earth worse for anybody's offsprings. Because that's really what we all here for. It's to reproduce. Like we can be, it, it's cute to say, yeah, I want to be famous or I want to own a business and I want to do this and I want to do that. It's cute, and, it, and it's great to have aspirations and goals. More than anything, we're put here from a science standpoint just to reproduce, and I want to make sure that what I'm doing is good and will be beneficial to any offspring that I have. You know what I'm saying? So that's all I'm going to be remembered for. Somebody that was solid morally and, and brought joy to people, and also someone that did something, did things that were really for the betterment. Well, funny that I just uh, kind of clowned uh, LLC Twitter a little bit for um, owning a business and things of that nature. But that is something I, I really want to go into some type of business and partnership with my partner, you know, um, me and Lassie um, definitely talked about different avenues. And, you know, I just want to make sure that what we do is something that's going to be something that we can 
we both have some type of like passion for and something that we both want to be like, yo, as a team, we could do this as a team. We also both find this to work in that sense. So, um, yeah, that, that's what's next. Um, and funny, I am so glad you're having me on here and that this is going to be, um, I'm assuming released soon, sooner than later. But so after 2017, by the end of 2017, I was like, I don't know if I want to, you know, rap too much more. And I really kind of like, that was all I had done throughout my twenties, bought home studio, learn how to use, learn how to produce, learned about like music theory and EQing and, and, you know, mixing and mastering and things of that nature. And Hurts and things of just all those things related to making music sound good, making stuff sound good sonically, and being a master of the craft of this pin shit. And after 2017, I was like, you start to have those come to those points where you're like, man, you're getting too old for this shit with you. And so I've been, I've backed up. And last year, me and Nova just kind of decided like we should make a, a another mixtape and just see what happens. Like you know, not to be those like old guys that's still trying to rap, but I just I really have just like a love for crafting like bars. Like that shit gives me like a thrill. You know what I'm saying? Like that shit. I, I don't know. There's something about that shit that makes me just as happy as, as you know. Anybody that knows me knows that I, you know, fuck around and not be high as a bitch. Like, y'all know that about me. So that crafting music gives me that same type of, like, feeling, like, when it's, when it's, when the bar is on point. It's like that, man. So, I, um, me and Nova decided we're going to do another, another tape. We're going to do a mixtape and then we're going to do another album, um, called Dirty 30. So you can look out for that. And yeah, that's, that's what's next, um, on the creative side. Um, my podcast is going to keep kicking. Um, we're just developing our sound there and making sure that that's great. So the pie is going to get stronger. So for sure. 13 and 13 year old me had a friend by the name of Eric, uh, the dude he robbed. <laughs> um, and me and I would, I would, I spent a lot of, he was like my middle school um, friend, you know, speaking of middle school, he being his friend taught me a lot about myself. Um, he was one of the people that held me down in, um, you know, that transition from coming to Madison to Milwaukee, I always had my back. So I used to go to be with him so much that I would spend Saturday night at his house and I'd go to church with him every Sunday. One time we go to a church. Okay. It's a newer, newer church, smaller church, but it's his brother's the church that his brother has is going to with him. And so, you know, the lady's preaching, the lady's preaching, and she's, you know, saying that, you know, talking about the younger generation, all right, you know, the kids coming up now, it's, you know, us at the time. And she makes everybody stand up and come to the front. Like, I, you know, as you can tell, she was like passionate and she was kind of, I don't know, something must have happened where she was like just feeling in like real like y'all need to be listening because you know the world is you know this and that she gets us all the kids to come up or the, or the younger crowd to come up young adults and we up there and she wants everybody singing and you know I don't know this church I'm not religious at all I just stayed at his house on Saturdays and so I had to go to church him by default it was kind of the agreement that you know me and his mom and my mom you know had she's making everybody sing and she pulls me forward, gives me the mic, and makes me start singing. And the other, Eric never went up there. He was kind of like ducked off, hiding in the back end. He like runs out laughing, him and his sister, and like everybody's like, oh shit. So, you know, I'm like singing or whatever, embarrassed, whatever it is. You know, after the church, you know, everybody's eating, man, like a little 
brunch or lunch in the downstairs area. She comes up to me and she, she grabs me and she says, come here. So he looks at me and she's like, I grabbed you for a reason. I'm a prophetess. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. I don't know what this lady's fucking talking about. She says that and she goes, I grabbed you because music is in you. It's going to happen for you one day. You're going to be doing this. This is what you were put here to do. This is your calling. I see it. And you need to just know you're not supposed to be here to do anything else. Now, of course, I'm 13. I'm like, what the fuck? You fast forward about nine, ten years and... I've put out three mixtapes. I've learned how to actually record and produce, make music, um, open for Kendrick Lamar at the rave, and done this, done that. Um, been one of the only rappers that I knew in the year 2012 that had done hour plus sets. I'm talking about we rehearsed for our shit. We didn't, you know, we had a whole system. You know, I made show mixes, all of this type of shit that was really, you know, in tune with music and just being a fan of hip-hop in particular in the culture and just this lady said it and it eventually came to fruition 